The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The new tier system brings winners and losers. We're looking into why the hospitality sector feels unfairly targeted. This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but only for some parts of the economy. December the 3rd is a crucial date for businesses allowed to reopen after the national lockdown ends, and for those which aren't. We now know what the new tier system will look like, but we're waiting to find out which area will be in which tier. That news will likely come on Thursday, but Whitehall sources have told The Telegraph only very few, mostly rural areas, will be in Tier 1, which is the only tier where indoor mixing with other households is allowed. That means that most places will open in the new Tier 2, where shops, gyms, cinemas and indoor entertainment can open, but pubs and restaurants can only serve alcohol with a substantial meal. Or the new Tier 3, where, once again, shops, gyms, cinemas and indoor entertainment can open, but pubs and restaurants can only serve takeaway. Asked why retail is allowed to open when pubs and restaurants will be subject to stricter rules, the Transport Secretary Grant Shapps had this to say. It is, you know, uh, not very enjoyable, but of course possible to um, go about your life without visiting the pub. And so we have had to make choices and I'm afraid um, that's been the case all the way through this. Education is another very obvious example. It is a choice that we want to keep uh, kids in school, that we want to be able to keep universities uh, open. Uh, and those, some things have to come before uh, others in this overall effort. But the hospitality industry, which employs 10% of the UK workforce, isn't happy. Shortly after the announcement of the new system, Kate Nichols, chief executive of UK Hospitality, which represents more than 700 UK businesses, swiftly said the news was far worse than anyone could have anticipated. Earlier, I gave her a call to ask why. Large parts of the economy will be opened up, far more than were open before we went into the the national lockdown. Uh, Some parts of the economy that that had been uh, closed for for, for public health reasons for a long time, now reopening ahead of hospitality. Uh, And it does seem as though the sector is paying a very heavy price to keep the rest of the economy open and to allow people to celebrate Christmas. So talking to lots of the operators, they are devastated. They fear for their business viability and there is very anxious period ahead where they are unsure whether they'll be able to maintain jobs uh, and keep their businesses afloat. MPs who are making these decisions, I suppose, would say that this is a necessary evil and that contact has to be limited in some way. In October, the business minister, Nadim Zahawi, said that one third of all coronavirus infections were happening in pubs and restaurants. And he said that that figure comes from evidence shared by England's chief medical officer, Chris Whitty, with a group of northern MPs. Because hospitality is an area where people gather and often sitting inside, Um, talking with raised voices, which we know can be a risk factor. To what extent do you understand that there is going to have to be an industry that does bear the brunt in the new tier system if we are to limit social contact? We do understand why we need to have measures in place to control the virus. I think we would question why hospitality alone has been singled out when other areas of the economy, other areas of, of everyday life 
are equally uh, responsible for, for transmission and have a, an equal amount of exposure. So I think it's the singling out that is felt to be particularly unfair and the fact that there is no recognition of the high cost that these businesses will face in the form of additional uh, financial support to get them through what will be a very, very difficult three-month period. Just going back to the point about evidence, um, the, the problem is there has never been any clear evidence published to show that hospitality is the cause of infections. There's been a lot of evidence around exposure and places that people had been prior to testing positive. That's not the same as where they caught it or where transmission takes place. So it's very limited evidence. What has been published has been shown to be uh, quite lacking in detail, quite lacking in, in robustness. Um, and as I say, uh, just shows that people are who are more active, more out and about it in their in their lives are more likely to, to come into contact and test positive. So I think that that lack of evidence about hospitality being a source um, and a cause of infection, we understand entirely that steps are needing to be taken, that there are additional risks associated with hospitality. We worked really carefully with Public Health England, the chief medical officers, bays uh, and uh, relevant departments in July to put in place the most robust COVID secure protocols to keep our customers and staff safe ahead of reopening in July. So we have social distancing, which reduces our capacity by uh, 30 to 50 percent, depending on the venue. You have uh, regular hygiene and sanitation requirements. You have ventilation requirements, queuing requirements, table service only, uh, remote ordering and remote payment. So there's no contact between the staff. You know, there's a whole lot of measures. And uh, when we reopened, two households only indoors and a rule of six outdoors. So we've put in place all of the controls you could possibly ask for and invested millions of pounds to do it. And in actual fact, when you, you talk to the general public, we did a YouGov poll recently, 70% of them think that hospitality is one of the easiest venues to be able to socially distance in. They are reassured by the fact that staff manage and monitor where they're socially distancing. The environment where they feel that the least ability to social distance, the, the greatest area area of concern, supermarkets and retail who don't have any of the, got those control measures in place. And the stats also bear it out, you know, 60 million customer visits a week, less than half a percent of our staff have tested positive for COVID. And in terms of the NHS test and trace, uh, the, the Public Health England's own data shows that less than 2% of infections where there's been an outbreak, a clearly identified outbreak attributable to that venue, less than 2% come from hospitality. Most, the bulk of it comes in people's own homes. And, and that's the real fear. If you close down hospitality, people will still socialise, particularly over Christmas, but they'll do it in illegal parties, they'll do it in their own homes and they'll do it in the community. That is, of course, one of the great fears that if you push people out of one environment, they'll just move into another. And actually, that's a problem that affected the hospitality industry indirectly. When the government put in place one of their first measures for pubs and restaurants and bars, which was the 10pm curfew, the 10pm closing time, which meant that people were leaving hospitality venues at exactly the same time often and crowding either on the streets or on public transport instead. Now, that 10pm curfew, that is set to be extended to 11pm with last orders at 10 from December the 2nd. Is that a move you welcome? 
We do welcome that. That's a pragmatic and sensible step to make sure that uh, you can disperse crowds safely. So the benefit to the curfew is also felt by restaurants. It means they can get an extra sitting in because previously their last orders were quarter past eight in order to get people out by 10 o'clock. However, a curfew extension only matters if you're open and able to trade. And the offset in tier two and tier three of being closed and takeaway only in tier three or only able to to go to the pub if you're having a substantial table meal, that kind of nullifies the impact and the benefit of of a curfew. So overall, hospitality net loser, despite that benefit of a curfew. Crucially, that's going to depend on what we hear on Thursday and which parts of the country go into which tiers. Now, in August, it did seem as if the government had hospitality at the top of their priority list with the Eat Out Help Out scheme. What do you think changed? Um, I I think that uh, the decision was taken to keep schools and education open and to prioritise those parts of the economy uh, and hospitality was scapegoated. I I think, you know, that's a word that I don't use lightly, but that's how it feels. Uh, Hospitality had those restrictions put in place in order to keep schools and education open, that the high rates, the spikes that we saw were not down to hospitality, they were down to schools and and education. Uh, And I think we do need to dissociate the spikes from the restrictions that have been put in place. Uh, And I think since then, uh, it's clear that the health department does not want hospitality to be open in the run up to Christmas. And it's as simple as that. I think government needs to revert back to the approach it had in April, in August, sorry, because otherwise we won't have as quick and easier recovery. If you look at the August GDP figures, they were almost entirely driven by eating and drinking out and hospitality. Uh, They were pretty anemic 2% growth, but it was almost all coming from our sector. If you go back to 2019, we were the only sector of the economy that was forecast to grow 5% year on year. um, And we were set to generate one in six of net new jobs. And we invest 4% of our annual turnover in CapEx. And we generate £40 billion a year for the Treasury in tax. Put simply, the government, the economy cannot afford to let us fail over Christmas. Otherwise, it will be a, a long hangover for the whole of the economy and we will take longer to recover. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. Up to three households will be allowed to meet indoors from the 23rd to the 27th of December. The temporary easing of restrictions has been agreed by all four nations of the UK. But ministers have already warned that relaxing the rules isn't without risk. Boris Johnson said on Monday that Christmas is the season to be jolly careful. The number of weekly registered deaths involving COVID-19 is the highest since May, according to the Office for National Statistics. 2,466 deaths involving coronavirus were registered in England and Wales in the week ending the 13th of November. That's the highest number since the week ending May the 22nd and a rise of 27% on the previous week. More than 71,000 people have now died within 28 days of a positive coronavirus test in the UK. Quarantine for people arriving in England from high-risk countries is to be cut from 14 days to five as long as the person receives a negative coronavirus test. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps confirmed the move, which applies from the 14th of November. He says he wants to see any quarantine replaced by daily testing in the new year. 
If you'd like to read more on any of those stories, head to the episode description where I'll put links to articles with the full details, as well as another piece I think you're going to find interesting. Our science editor, Sarah Napton, and our health editor, Laura Donnelly, have written an article on how an error in the Oxford vaccine trials meant scientists discovered a way to boost efficacy from 70% to 90%. It really brings new meaning to the term trial and error. And if you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, head first to telegraph.co.uk slash audio where you can make lockdown 2.0 pass a little quicker by claiming your free case of wine when you subscribe to the telegraph and if you sign up before friday you'll get 20 percent off your subscription too finally if there's a topic you'd like one of our journalists to cover or a question that's been on your mind about the coronavirus record yourself on your phone and send the voice memo to coronavirus podcast at telegraph.co.uk or just type it in the email This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis.